Hey, this is Dr. Dwayne Wood. And before we get into this episode, I want to share with you that our Sugar Busters with Dr. Dwayne Wood program is open. It opened up on the 1st of March. And uh, just take a listen to this little promo. You know, I've taken care of thousands of patients in my career. And I've never had a patient say to me, hey, doc, you know what? I have a craving for broccoli or I have a craving for celery. But they sure will tell me that they wake up at night and they are craving ice cream or they'll drive across town to pick up some chocolate or they'll order online that thing that makes them feel good. In Sugar Busters, we're going to talk about sugars. We're going to talk about why it seems like those are the things we always reach for. Join the challenge by going to www.dwaynewoodmd.com forward slash sugarbusters to get a jump start on your health journey. So make sure you get in there. You want to sign up if you're struggling with diabetes, if you're struggling with weight, if you're struggling with hypertension, high cholesterol, or just want to feel better and you want to know more about sugar, this is the thing for you. Make sure you sign up www.dwaynewoodmd.com slash sugarbusters. And now to our episode. So this is part two of our conversation with Mr. Robert Mann, who is uh, the Dean, Residency Director at uh, Oakwood University. We've been talking about his life. And the question that we're going to ask is, what do we need to do to reclaim our black man? Why is it important to reclaim our black man? Let's get into that conversation right now. And I welcome you. If you're new to me, I'm Dr. Dwayne Wood. That's Wood with an E. The E stands for endocrinology here on the channel. I educate, I empower, and I encourage people to take charge of their health, take charge of their life, create the life they've always wanted, and go to the next level. Well, we are so excited that we're talking with uh, Robert Mann, who is residency director, dean of men over at Oakwood University. He's been sharing with us his story, and uh, we're about to talk to him about what he is actually doing now, what he's pouring into the men that he has uh, access to, and why it's so important that we reclaim our black men. So, Robert, thank you once again for coming by and hanging out with us, man going on, Dr. Wood with the E. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Doing well. So glad that you're here. So I am so impressed with your story. And the the thing that, that gets me right now is that despite all the things that happen, I shouldn't say despite, but you are now doing things and using the things that happened. So often when people get on this side of stuff, they kind of, kind of, they sulk back, they pull away, they're embarrassed about the things that have happened in their lives. Because, you know, after all, they want to give this picture that everything was great or they're ashamed of it or whatever. But you're out there and you're like, look, this is, this is me. What, what gives you that ability or gives you that drive to be able to do that? Well, once again, like I said, I, I, I began, begin to begin to love God for who he is for me. And we and the relationship that I have with him, I just start listening to him. I mean, and, and start listening to his promises and listening to the things that he was saying and, the, you know, things that were given to us in the Bible. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. 
and by our testimony. Well, I got a lot of testimonies. And if that if that's the fact that God sent me back to to work with men and to work with people uh, with the testimonies that I have, like, well, one, he got my attention because I am not trying to, you know, like daddy told me to go talk. So I'm going to go talk and I'm going to go do what I need to do. And if that be that I share my testimony, that's one of the things that that I was missing. Like, I mean, we always, you know, just growing up in the church or growing up in a community, you know, we always hear oh, how I got over. But it's like, what did you get over? And then when I'm going through something, you want to tell me to come see you and talk to you about it. But how do I know that you 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 even went through anything? Like you said, uh, Doctor Woods, we we give this we give this personification of like coming to church and we're suited up and we got our favorite suit on and our nicest bow tie or a tie on and and the shoes that we got on cost five hundred dollars and and the jewelry and the watches that we wear and you know we 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 dress ourselves up so much that how do we know what you've really gone through when we're all going through something and it's just a matter of if. I'm not supposed to be by myself, then we all need to be there. And somebody just needs to know that they're not like, that's one of the major things is I'm not by myself. That helps out a lot of people go through issues because we just feel like we're by ourselves all the time. So if I can be the one that's in the boat with you, or did you notice in the boat with you, then like, let's, let's row together. We, we're all going to the same destination. Let's get there. And we might, I might, I, I shouldn't have to just allow myself to paddle myself or you paddle by yourself. Let's just work together. And what, how did I get there? God, daddy told me to do it. And, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to tell daddy no any more than what I already have in my life. So that's wow, just, 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 just obey, obeying the, obeying the father. Obeying daddy, man, obeying the father. <laughs> he, he said do it. So let, let's go. And, and, and the thing is when I, when I have obeyed him, I see that it's it's a blessing to do it for myself. Like I'm helping myself get over some of these issues by other people, talking to other people and, and working with other people because of the things that I didn't know at the time or the things that I didn't know going through those things. Like now we're starting to put those pieces together for them. And those are the same pieces that I need. Mm, wow. Wow. So we hear, and you heard me kind of do the intro as we, as we came on, you know, we hear about men in general, but we're talking about black men tonight. So we hear the statistics about black men, about how many of us are incarcerated, about how many of us are out of jobs, about how many of us have um, left our families. And you're in a position now where you're dealing with men who are just now in the prime of their life, who are just now coming into adulthood. What are some things that you think they need to learn as they're getting into this phase of their life? Man, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> one of the, some of the things that I talked to them about, like I said, in my man cave, um, in my series or whatever, I, I talked to them. The first thing that I talked to them about is core values. Um, like we go to a church that has values or, or beliefs. We All of us have jobs that, that if you do something against the standard operating procedure, you can be let go. Um, we're in a relationship where, you know what I'm saying, wifey or or, or my or, or the boo is going to tell you, you better do this or, you know, and, and we we're, we're go to school. You know, these guys are in school and, and, and the syllabus is set up that if they don't do this, then they will fail. But we, we work, we go to school, we are in a relationship, we're in a community that has values. But what as an African-American male or a male in general or a person in general, what are your personal values? 
What do you stand for that if somebody goes against your core values, you will automatically stop them from doing what, you know, doing something to you? Um, building up core values is like a foundation. It's, it's if you have something that you stand for, then you won't fall for any, you know, will fall for everything. I think the uh, Dr. Mal- I mean, Malcolm X said that in one of his speeches that if you if you stand for if you if you have something to stand for, you won't fall for anything or something around that nature. So it's just like, why are we not doing that as a community? Why are we not teaching that? Why are we not giving our African-American males the opportunity to stand for something? And we but then we tell them what to stand for. And those things that we tell them what to stand for are all negative. We tell them to stand for suck it up and and and, and bear it and deal with it, deal with your pain by yourself. We, we 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 give them the core values that, you know, I mean, literally in our in our community, there is no rites of passage. And then when I was when I was looking it up, the rites of passage mostly most African Americans run to is if we can go to jail before the rites of passage is going to jail before you turn twenty one. So oh, is that if that's a core value, like is that is that good? Like I mean, like I can't I can't let my son, I can't let these young men, I can't let my sons grow up and be like, hey man, you know, like, you know, word on the street is you need to go to jail before you're 21. And that's hmm. you, now you know you're a man if you can go to jail before 21. Or, you know, go to jail with your brother or go to jail with your dad and, and y'all can spend that time. Like that's that's so negative and that's terrible. So let's let's stand for some different things, core values, and then even giving them core values that gives them the opportunity to start thinking about what's good for them in their life. What do they want to do in their life? I want to be married at the age by the age of twenty five or thirty. Okay, so how are we going to get there? How how are we going to get there? If that's a value of yours, if that's something that you do, like what values are gonna are gonna go on along with that? You have to start practicing being a good person right now. You have to start practicing relationships with each other right now. Nobody, you're not going to be a, you're not going to be an expert if you don't understand or you practice core back or your, you know, relationships right now. If you don't, good relationships, if you don't have those, then what's to say that all the relationships in your past have been negative? Mama and daddy was messed up and, and brother and, and girlfriend was messed up or you saw this and you saw that and you never had a relationship that, that looked right in your life. Then when you get to having a relationship, then you're just going to follow what you've seen. And those values are going to go into everybody else's values that you that they have for you. And I want to just stop that. It's that breaking that generational curse, even with wealth. Like we, we talk about investing and starting their own business, being entrepreneurs I, I'm not telling them to quit school. I'm also what I'm telling them is like I'm tired of seeing them in financial aid lines begging for money and you know, going up to the front of the church and crying because they didn't get cleared for for school. What if we stop that? And what if we start giving them the tools that they can start doing financial investments or they can have their own business and entrepreneurship so that when their children get ready to go to school, if God is not here then they're set up where they don't have to do those financial aid lines and fill out FAFSA and, and, and fill out uh, loan forms and everything else like that. And then I think that that's biblical. We're, God tells us that we're supposed to be the lenders and not the borrowers. So what does that look like? Wow. You, you, you said a bunch of stuff in there, man. I don't even I don't even know how to begin diving into some of that stuff. So so there's one thing that you that you said um was that you wanted for them 
to have core values. And you, you talked about them seeing, right, people doing different things. I'm going to tell you, so as, as a, a black man, my, the very first black teacher I had was when I got to Oakwood College. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking elementary, junior high, high school. Um, there was one guy, and shout out to you, Donald, who was around our block. Um, and he took us fishing when I was a kid. And we had a couple kids that he would take out. And um, I didn't get into as much trouble as I could have gotten into. Uh, I got I got into a fair amount. This is about this is about Doctor This is about Mister Man. So I'm not telling you my story. <laughs> right. Um. But but he uh, did some stuff for us that I think if if it hadn't been done would have would I I don't know where I'd have been today. Right. So as you're talking to these young men. And as you're pouring into them, let's ask that question now as we get, you know, into the rest of this conversation. Why is it important for us to reclaim the men? Why is it important for us to reclaim the black man? Man, we're we're faced with so much in America or in the world. I'm not just going to say America. We're faced with so much as an African-American community and a male on top of that. Like, why is it so important to reclaim? Because we are kings and we are we are supposed to be the priest of home. We're supposed to be the priest of our communities. We're supposed to be the priest of our own our own persons. And to reclaim that means that we're just getting back to where we're supposed to be. Like it's God ordained to be that way. It's God ordained to be where we are, or would not be where we are, but be where we're supposed to be. And the media and everybody else is so anti-male period, but anti-African-American male, like if you look at the news and I, you know, I, I, I look at it from the perspective of a a white guy can kill somebody and they'll, they'll get on the news and say, yeah, in the news today, we had a shooting down South Parkway. And that's all they say. But then let an African-American, you know, get in the news for murder. It's, we got video, we got, and he was, his name was, he given his full name. And then we always talk about how he is. And, and even if he was murdered, then we always victimize, we're, we're always sitting there saying, well, he, you know, because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he was a drug dealer and he was this and he, he was that. And it's always given a negative connotation on what we are in, 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 in America that we got to work on ourselves to reclaim ourselves because if not, we're just going to continue to get the core values that they give us. And that's not, that's, that doesn't look good to me. It doesn't look good at all. So what's the importance of it? We got to be, we got to get back to where we are. No disrespect to anybody else, but all of us are designed to be Kings. And, and why is it that we are acting as if we are not? So getting back to where we should be right. Biblically, so now we're pouring into these men, these young men. We're talking about values. There's stuff that we don't talk about that young men, black young men, have going on with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when we were getting ready for this, I was talking to, uh, I was telling you that I've got, a, I've got a young man in my house that's growing up. And there are times, man, when I look at him, when I see the stuff that's on the news, 
And it's all that I could do to just not just lock him up in the house, <laughs> you know, and say, okay, you know, you're not going out. You're going to stay in here. You're going to be safe. But being able to prepare them to be in the world, right? But be, I'm going to use this term and some people may not like it. Be, be, be street, street smart, be wise, be, you know, because sometimes we coddle and we, we don't talk about stuff. Right. We're like, oh, they don't need that. They don't need that kind of information. But that's why sometimes they get into trouble because we we sugarcoat things and we don't we don't step to them and say, look, this is what it's going to be like. Right. Right. Mm. Mm. So. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just saying I agree with that. Like we like you said, we cuddle so much that when something happens, then it's like even just being in, in this 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 domain where I am. Some of these guys are just blind to the fact that anything can happen to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, even with like the murders and stuff that are going on or around the community that we're in, you know, I sit there and I pull them, pull them aside and say, listen, bro, like this is not you're not you're not the ex- exception to the rule. Like just because you're here doesn't mean that things can't happen. Like even with, you know, like a few years ago, one of my mentees was murdered in the area. And it, it shook Huntsville. It shook Oakwood because it was just like, oh, my God, this happened to this. This happened to us. This is not supposed to happen to us. And I'm like, bro, like this is something that this is something that can happen on a date. Like everybody's family of, of the of African-Americans that were murdered by either other African-Americans, police, whoever sat back at the end of the day. and was like this wasn't supposed to happen to me. So what makes us different? You know, what makes us different as a community to say, like, this this can't happen. This this can this can literally happen. And then when it does hit home, then we're shook. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to deal with it. And we don't prepare anybody for anything that's going to happen. And I agree with you, man. The 13 years old, like kids these days, I, I, I look at them and I'm like, man, like I wish that I could just put all of y'all in the area. You know, like but when we were growing up, we had to why in the middle of the night, you know, the midnight ball and stuff like that, where. You know, they have people that come in so that they can get them off the street to, to keep them safe. And it's like we've gotten away from that as a community because everybody's worried about their own self right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Myra says uh, black male shooter each equals criminal. It's horrible how the media says it. Yeah. Yeah, Myra. Thank you for putting that up there because it is. It is. Um, there is there is definitely a bias um, I tell you, so, so, so when I was, when I was here at school, when I was here at school at Oakwood, um, you know, some, some stuff happened, uh, around me with some folks that I was hanging out with. And every time I see a police car go by, I mean, as old as I am right now, man, <laughs> it, it, there's this thing in my head, right. Uh, and, and it goes back. And it's, it's hard. Um, and some of the guys that you, that you talk to and some of the guys that are, uh, that are in the dorm, they come from some pretty hard places. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you speak to, how do you speak to that as we're talking about, okay, building up this young man who comes from a place where there's this memory of what may happen, what could have happened, what did happen. How do you, how do you begin to deal with that? 
man, I, I, well, I give them the opportunity to talk about where they come from. <clears throat> and then at the end of their conversation, well, in the, in the middle of the conversation, I just kind of hit them with, so do you want to go back or what, what's your, what's your plan? Like, let, let's, let's sit down and talk about a plan. And most of these guys are like, I, like, Dean, I don't want to go back to that. Like I lived that life and I'm, I'm here because so that I can get away from it. So then I literally tell them sometimes to write it out on a sheet of paper and put it on their window that I don't want to go back. I'm not going back. Whatever it takes to, to whatever it takes for me to get away from that, then I'm not going to go back. Because if it's a constant reminder in somebody, then you know they, they'll start believing it. You know, fake it till you make it. That's what some people say. But it, it, even with just talking to them, I just give them the opportunity to just tell their story. Like sometimes telling their story allows it to get off of their chest where they can hear it for themselves what is going on around them. Prime example, real quick, I had a guy that was talking and he was like, man, Dean, like before I got here three weeks ago, like we was at a house and then we went upstairs and we were hanging out upstairs. And then I heard shooting downstairs. And when I went back downstairs, dude was laid out on the on the floor. And then I looked where exactly where I was standing and right there close to where my head would have been was a bullet hole. And he was like, Dean, like I was that close to not being here. And I was like, OK, so if that's the case, then why are we going to start moving around as if nothing will happen or or moving around as if like I can go back to that and be okay. Like that is a sign to me, which was a sign to me in, in person that I don't need to go back to that area. I don't need to be there. So whatever it takes for me to do the opposite so that I don't go back there. My boys are still selling drugs 30 years later. I'm not trying to go back there. My boys are still at the house living with mom and them and all this other stuff. I'm not trying to go back there. So what, what do I need to do as an individual to, to get to a place where I'm never going to go there. And the easiest way out is to stay in. And the easiest way out of the hood or the easiest way out of the situation to these guys is stay in school. Like get the education that you need. Be, better yourself. Be the first one in your family to graduate. Be the first one in your family to go to medical school or be a doctor or be a lawyer or just be a business person. Like that's the best way to get out of those situations sometimes. And then I sit, I literally get there and I knock on that door. Hey, bro, what you doing? Like, hey, man, I saw you last night. Like, man, it didn't, it didn't look, it didn't look too good. Like, what you were doing? Yeah, Dean, I was slipping a little bit. All right, let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. You got an end game. Let's make sure that we stay on track to the end game. Wow, wow, man, there, there is so much. There's so much to this conversation and, and we're, we're just hitting like <laughs> we, we haven't even delved into it yet. But uh, but I'm mindful that we go, you know, we, we're, we're going to get out of here. W one last thing. There there is a there's a young man that's watching. There's a mom. There's a dad. Somebody's watching right now and they're thinking about this question. Why is it important for us to reclaim? And they're wondering what they could do either young man, what he could do or mom and dad, what they can do in this space. And you just talked about education. How do you, how, how can you address that person? What, 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 what words of encouragement do you have for them? Man, uh, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Get and, and, and listen to what I say. Cause I don't want it to be said that I was cussing on your, on your, on your, uh, on your podcast, get your shift together get your shift together it's time to shift where you're coming from 
if you're used to doing it a certain way and it seems to be not working or you seem as though you you see where you're going to end up because everybody around you ends up the same way, then it's time to shift. Get your shift together. Get your spiritual together. Get your health together. Get your integrity together. Get your finances together and then get you a tribe of dudes that are around you that's moving in the same direction. I can't be a football player hanging out with the dope boy because usually I'm going to go back and I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it on the streets. If, if my if my team is in the weight room working out at five o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting there asleep because I stayed out too late at night, I'm not going to do well on the on the football on the field. So get a team around you that's working in the same in the same direction. And with the tribe and the team and then spirituality is first, like always put God in it. But that's that's so cliche. It's just if you see where you're going and you see the examples that are in front of you are not good. Shift. And then be like Nike and just do it. Like, let's let's get together. Like, you, if you need somebody to walk you through the process, man, hit me up. Like, I will give you my stuff, my handles and stuff like that in a second. But hit me up and let's just talk. Let's just work this thing out together. Mom, if you see your son going in the same direction that you don't want to happen and he's not listening to you, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's just because your mom, like he might need to hear it from somebody outside of the house. And that's okay. Don't down him because he's not just uh, you don't listen to nothing that nobody says. But mom, how, like give him another option that he can talk to somebody. Go help. Get some help. Get get that tribe around. Like that's the biggest thing, man. Get you a community of people around you that's that's looking for you to succeed. And if you do that, if you keep going that direction, I can I can guarantee you nine times out of ten, you won't have some of those issues that I had that. Dr. Wood had and that other people have had in their past. And even if you do, you have the tools and know how to work through those things. I'm never going to tell you that it's going to be easy. It's just a matter of do we got the tools to work it or not. So let's get some tools and let's go and then shift, shift the whole process. Let's do it. I love it. Love it. Love it. There you go. Yeah. You guys heard him. He says shift, right? He says shift. He says shift. <laughs> I'm so excited that you came through and, and I'm going to say this from now, I hope you will allow me to get you back. And, you know, we've talked about even doing some other things that, that I think is going to be good. Um, you know, this, this educating, empowering, encouraging those three words that I use. And you heard me say, I'm adding that fourth word community. This is Dr. Dwayne Wood. That's wood with an E. The E stands for endocrinology here on the channel. I educate, I empower, and I encourage you to take charge of your health, take charge of your life. Go to the next level and create the life you've always wanted. In 2023, we're no longer allowing life to happen to us. We are taking charge and we're getting unstuck. We're getting unstuck this year. We'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. You know, I've taken care of thousands of patients in my career. And I've never had a patient say to me, hey, doc, you know what? I have a craving for broccoli or I have a craving for celery. But they sure will tell me that they wake up at night and they are craving ice cream. Or they'll drive across town to pick up some chocolate. Or they'll order online that thing that makes them feel good. In Sugar Busters, we're going to talk about sugars. We're going to talk about why it seems like those are the things we always reach for. Join the challenge by going to www.dwaynewoodmd.com forward slash sugarbusters to get a jump start on your health journey. 